I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast starring us, Doug and I. Me, Doug and me. Doug mm-hmm. and myself? Mm-hmm. Doug and myself. Hi, Dougie. Hey, Mare. What's happening? How are you? I'm doing probably the same as you, just 10 degrees hotter. You know what? 10 degrees what? hotter than fucking 50 degrees is great. It is so cold over oh. here. Well, then I'm doing as good as you are, but 25 degrees hotter. Oh, my God. I literally it's supposed to rain again next week. It's just been raining this week, yeah. for, oh, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I'm not going to complain about being by the beach, but foggy and freezing every day. And then I drive one mile inland and it's, it's hot and sunny. Yeah, it's wild. There's like a dividing line at like Bundy or something. Yeah, or like literally. You go past that and yeah. it's instantly like, whoa, overcast and, and crazy. Yeah. Literally. When I get and to my office, And actually very nice and pleasant. No, it's it's great for you. And it's like the last two days in a row, <laughs> I, go, I went hiking and I was like, fuck it. I just have to go. It's freezing. I have to go anyway. You ready for me to sound super bougie? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is my super bougie, okay. right? Yeah. If it gets a little bit hotter, it'll be hot enough to go into the pool. But I'd like it to stay cooler because then I'll be more comfortable. So do I want it to stay cool and comfortable or hot and pool? I know. I haven't heated my pool yet. I was about to. And then I was like, "Mm." All right. Well, now I don't feel so bougie because I don't have a pool heater. It's just, you know, a bunch of water in the backyard. I think we had this conversation, but I don't understand why someone would build a pool and not have a pool heater. I don't know. I didn't build it. I know. I, maybe it's because it's 25 degrees hotter over here. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, I don't go into my pool from like October through, I guess, May. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> fair. Also, most years it doesn't rain for four months, but. Right. Right. Fair, fair. But I will say the blooms are insane. I'll even oh take my all gosh. my allergies, but it is stunning. Right? Oh, right. Stunning. Everywhere. I'm, I'm a, a big fan of wildflowers oh, and to be on the trails. And you were just on a trail today. You told me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So today, yesterday. I go, they're just all the wildflowers are gorgeous. When I was like a teenager, I used to make fun of the quote unquote old people that were like on the trails that would stop and pick wildflowers. And towards the end of a hike or something, you'd see them with like 30 different species of oh. flower and, and like, ugh, God, look at that old person picking flowers just hike just be out and now i'm like oh this would be pretty to like get a <gasps> bunch of different colors and put them in a vase i never thought right? about that i feel bad picking them but i guess there's tons of them i don't know why there's tons of them i have yeah. wildflowers in my backyard it's the only thing i can figure out how to grow i just bought a shit ton of seeds threw them in the dirt and threw them yeah i know you, you told us you Some told ba- all I did. of us i did <laughs> and you, you guys they're so pretty i'll show you a picture one day anywho nice. speaking yeah. of pretty Oh, what? Were you going to segue to something about me? Obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doug is so pretty. Well, let me with all humility say, what were you going to say about me being pretty? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean wait, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, you know, Dorcas. speaking of, of pretty, what was actually pretty cool in this session, which you guys are going to hear, is just chatting with Drew. I think we cut a big chunk, but we kept a lot of what we'd been doing for most of the session, which was kind of going through what he had been through lately and hearing him kind of recap, like some of the things that he's been going through and how he's approached them. It's so cool to hear how he does it now and how he thinks of it now 
so different than when he started. Right. It's not just like he's throwing some of the analogies back at me, you know, with their names, like, oh, I'm more Green Beret about this, or, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. you know, I, I noticed my feathers and bricks. And it's not quite that. It's more like all of the stuff that's happening, he's able to be present for it and able to understand it and process it in a way where I think he even says it, you guys will hear it. He's not either shutting down or going overzealously into something like he's a lot more even keeled. It's kind of cool to hear. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. Let's get to it. And we'll be back with you to break it down in 78 minutes. I mean, seven to eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever. Stick around. We'll be back. Bye. Bye. I think a, a pivotal point for, you know, what we're talking about was when you had the heart attack mm -hmm. and we're in the hospital and like, oh, wait, what insurance do I have? Because I'm not, I can't just be on my parents' insurance. Right. I, oh, I guess I'm an adult now. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a, a, a turning point, mm -hmm. but you've been adulting for a while. I mean, you're in a relationship, you got a job, you got a kid, you got a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I think that that episode for me was a really good um, push, leap of faith, call it what you want. Mm -hmm. um, but in myself, which I don't think I've had up to that point. I mean, I'm so big about my mile markers. It was a really good mile marker for me that allowed me to see I could do it, not just thought about doing it. You know, I, I, I did it and I'm still going through the process. I'm still figuring it out, you know. So it's not like I'm sure. I'm out of the weeds yet, but sure. I feel like it's not like an overwhelming, oh my God, this is, I got a lot of dishes in the sink. It's, okay, here we are, let's do it. Coming back up, you know, in the episode, The Heart Attack, I, I kind of felt like I was still hovering right there. Mm -hmm. And it, it was finally like my kick, my own ass, you know, my own, my own fire starter of like, okay, nobody else is going to do it for you. I felt super, I don't, I don't want to say alone, but alone. <laughs> in a good way, you know, confident alone, not a scared alone, which I still kind of feel like I'm hovering there right now. Yeah. I can feel that one. Building your true self-confidence, the one, the self-confidence that comes from you, not that coming from other people, just that idea of coming from myself. I mean, again, so vulnerable and wounded with friends passing, you know, the funeral, mom relapsing, girlfriend cheating, like, there's a lot going on and you were trying to do good mm -hmm. trying to throwing in judgment into that conversation too of mm -hmm. what i wanted my situation to be and not not taking it for what it was appreciating and maybe not appreciating i think a lot of fucked up shit happened and i'm allowed to be angry in in those moments um and i finally feel like i'm allowing myself to be and you know just feeling that and, and it's like it's okay to be mad it's fucked up you know like I, this is the emotion i should be feeling in this situation it, it makes sense back then I, I controlled a lot and i still do you know I, i'm trying to control my situations my feelings other people's feelings around me their perception of me um my legacy of when i'm gone and what they'll remember me as in, in these big situations and you know all of that kind of compounded made for a really hard way of life because I wasn't living yeah. for myself. Yeah. I feel like I'm 
I feel like I'm going uphill in a good way. You know, it's a challenge. It's it's hurting my legs a little bit and, and I'm sweating a little bit, but it's I can see the top and, and I'm excited to get there and, and I'm I'm going for it. In psychology, we call it individuation. You're experiencing life yourself and, and talking about the projects when you were like, what projects do I want to work on or what do I not want to work on? I could pick and choose and I could do that. You are the driver. We've made like NASCAR F1 references and it's like, cool. I mean, you could dial in the car and have your whole crew, but at the end of the day, you're the one holding the wheel. You're the one shifting, right? Yeah. And that's, that's how you're living life now. Although in some respects, you're still bound by the track. You know, sure. it's like, all right, I still need to make money. I yeah. still have a job. I can't just buy a house or have my own place. And right can't just throw down the parents credit card for anything i want you see me smiling you know and, it, and it's a good smile but and all of that to be said it's still like i think this is the most scared i've ever been as far as grabbing the wheel and driving and understanding that that i don't have my pit crew out there with me and it is just me on the track and it is it is just me and it's still gotta drive i still gotta drive and i i think that's been the hardest part too awareness wise of where I've been and where I am, of the dichotomy of being alone willingly and not by choice. Where are you seeing that and feeling that now? When I went back to Seattle for the funeral, I was expecting, I was expecting my friends to kind of be there and want to hang out and, you know, be together and, and experience what that experience was together. I think the the aloneness in what that is of wanting my my homies my community my boys to be there and show up when i want them to i feel kind of lost in the in the friendship nature of a lot of things i kind of sat back and was very on guard and and didn't want to tell a lot of people a lot of things and was very surface level conversation and mm. then i realized like yo i'm the one not allowing them into my life i'm the one putting up these walls and these barriers and and not wanting them to come in for whatever reason i'm such a relationship person and such a genuine relationship person that at this point in my life i'm understanding the ability to not cut people off completely you know in the sense of like oh well you didn't hang out with me for two hours so fuck you it's okay you were busy it's okay you had other things going on we'll get back together next time but i'm also not sitting here calling them 10 times trying to get a reaction from them and i've realized that i've perpetrated my want for a family with girlfriend so bad that i've made it into that and on the flip side of that um i've realized how good our relation i want to use a better word there how confident our relationship has made me not because of her but because of me in our relationship and the way that dynamic has kind of played itself i'm trying to like explain my thought process here mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. that is um and the point i'm trying to get to is that i've realized that i didn't need to make it a perfect family it already was i'm really grateful for the non-abandonment and I'm not holding that as, well, you didn't abandon me. So now this is a good relationship. I'm trying to say it more as I've been able to grow 
on my own with her the way we talked about two, three years ago. And I'm finally understanding what that means. And it's cool in this milestone to be able to translate that into my relationship with my mom. Mm. Like she's fucked me up more than anybody as far as action consequence and the way I perceived what has happened throughout my life. And now I can kind of sit back and, you know, I think you nailed it on the head the other day of saying that was her experience and that was her 80% of the movie. You've only been in for 20, you know, and, and kind of taking that and realizing that I'm only 30% of the way through my movie as it is. I still have a lot of a lot of life to live and a lot of places to go and a lot of people to see and and just the quality of life that I want and my family to have. I think you brought it out four weeks ago when you said it. I sat, stopped, and I was like, well, what the fuck am I doing with her, with kid, with this family, with my family and everything combined? And no bullshit. I, you know, I, it's the most fucked up relationship I've ever had. Ever. And I wouldn't want it any other way. Like, it doesn't, it sounds psychotic. Like, it, it literally sounds psychotic. And believe it or not, it, it sounds the opposite of psychotic. You have spent a lot of your life fighting life, mm-hmm. wanting it to be the way it's supposed to be or the way it will be comfortable or make me feel safe or make me feel loved, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of what you were responding to was life not being like that. And you were working really hard, too hard, to make it more like that. What is, is. What ain't, ain't. And all the rest is bullshit. So taking life as it is and not trying to make it different than it is, right? That's the real work. Can I just accept that what is, is? Does that sound psychotic? No. It actually sounds pretty well adjusted. So what you're saying in a sense is, yeah, I wanted to have the perfect family, but it wasn't the white picket fence and it betrayed trust. And it was very difficult and you almost ran away from it. You did a little bit and then came back and okay. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. And accepting that that's how it is has allowed you to grow yourself and adjust to it. You have grown and adapted and those are two different things because you can adapt to a situation that's you just being okay with it. And I feel that my mom was really fucked up when I went back. That hurt. I still love her. And I'm back down here. You know, so I, I kind of went through. What, what the, is that? I know what that means. What does that mean? Say that out loud. Um, and I'm back down here. I didn't stay. You know, I, I didn't try and take care of everything as I saw it falling apart. You know, and, and I could have. I could have been like, yo, I need a week. You know, let me see if I can fix this. Um, I could have stayed up there. Could you have fixed it? God, no. No, no. This is like 57 years going. You know what I mean? This isn't my last 26. And so it's um, and and it's crazy because I've always known that. You know, I, I know exactly when this started from my mom when she was two and fell down three story escalator and got opioids as a three-year-old you know i i understand her trajectory and where she's been and what she's done and why she ended up the way she is i just never comprehended the why you know the well you have a family now well you have this and you have that and you have money and you don't have a job and you can do whatever you want why do you just sit home and drink but yet you go back to my covid year and i had my rent paid for and i had money and i was 
chilling, you know, and all I did was sit home and get high. Because that's all I wanted to do. I was hurting, you know, and now that I have a heart for what that is and I think somewhat lived through it, I can better understand where she's coming from and not just her. I'm able to kind of put this into each relationship, the pendulum, you know, and where I'm swinging right now. Where I was then, you know, to put on caves for me was to literally drop everything to do anything and everything I possibly could for anybody and everybody. And then it swung to the other side of fuck off. I don't really want to help you. I need to help myself for a little bit. And then it came back a little bit more of like, oh, well, girlfriend, you're cheating. What what's going on? How can I help? What did I do wrong? And then it came back to the no, fuck you. You cheated. I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to work. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what I want to do. And now it's kind of back in the middle where it's like, okay, I understand a lot of both sides. I think the biggest answer for me in the experience of these last couple of months is that there is no right answer there is no more of the extremes it's like okay well yeah you fucked up okay pause did you learn can we can we move can we keep going you want to cool let's do it no you don't want to or no we're gonna fight about this then fuck off you know and so i think figuring that out too right now going back into my mom conversation of yeah i want to help her and yeah i want the best for her and yeah i if there was something i could do i would still do it but I can't. There's like there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> you almost just hit my tagline, relax, nothing's under control. <laughs> yeah. It's when you realize nothing's under control, which you just said, mm-hmm. then you can relax. I'm no longer asking why am I not enough to change how she is. Right. Right. right? Mm-hmm. That's huge. And I can see how good of a mom she was is while she was doing all this shit she was doing and it's like holy fuck that's incredible you took care of me and like i think i'm doing okay you know i i I like me and so i think it's one of those where i kind of take that step back and i'm like mom you did a great job like holy shit you know good good job like you did it yeah some days she might hear that and appreciate it some days she might not don't know the son that you want to be is one that can be grateful for that and say that that's a huge realization for you because it doesn't take it on as it's your responsibility for how she is it leads us to the other thing about you trying to do everything for everyone all the time Mm -hmm. everywhere (laughs) shaking your head right okay and that was you your well-being isn't dependent on her though where it used to be there's a smile this is so cool yeah. It's so cool. The uh, the freedom of what that is, the awareness that I've been feeling of what that freedom allows me to not do and the way I can care for her and care for kid and and care for my mom and care for my dad and and care for them um, without burning out. I don't care the weight on my shoulders the way I used to. Wow. Just fucking awesome. Um, yeah. I think I am in a good spot and now I have the opportunity to do what I want to be doing and going back a couple of weeks. I mean, this is the coolest project I've ever worked on because it's mine. There it is. Now I'm going to drop a big one. It's crazy how the world works and everything comes together and falls apart and comes back together and everything, the way it it commingles. Right. Um, And so Saturday I got home. Sunday, I found out girlfriend was pregnant. 
Wow. Let's say there's a lot to unpack there and what that mentality was is all of that. Um, and I'm excited for our next one because I'm still processing. I'm still trying to figure it out. I wasn't even going to say anything because I'm not. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. I'm really excited for this. And and whatever it is, is and it will be what it will be. And I'm really excited for that in the process of everything there. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge for a lot of reasons. Yes, you and I will process this mm-hmm. and what it means and how you feel. I feel very confident. I feel very comfortable. Um, I feel very uncomfortable and scared. Good to kind of to kind of balance that. It's I mean, it's the biggest thing that has happened, will happen, ever will be. Me is happening. I mean, truthfully, I, I feel extremely prepared for this, which I never thought I would. When she told me, I. I thought my thought process would be, oh, no, let's do this. Let's do that. We're not ready. We can't financially afford this. We can't do this. We can't do that. Going down a checklist, right? And and it was just an abundance of joy. It was just so much, you know, and so exciting and, and powerful. This is one of the biggest mile markers you'll have. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I know it's going to be challenging, and I'm excited to have you do the process. It's a long road, brother. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, like we said, you got the wheel. Yeah, and I'm driving now. And we're back. We are back. And Drew and his analogies are so cute. He really is. The (laughs) thing is, though, is he's making up his own. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I just want to point out that, Meredith, you are going chronologically from the beginning of the session because he just dropped a bomb at the end. Oh. And I know you're bursting. Fine, fine, (laughs) fine. No, no. I I want to go back and go through it chronologically. Absolutely. But it's funny because everybody just heard what he just ended with. I'm not saying it because I'm like, oh, it's still going to be a surprise. I know. It's (laughs) it's not. Okay. He's prego. They're having a baby. (laughs) Baby. Right? Oh, my God. Right? I wish I could get him a uh-huh. baby present and like cute little outfit. I'm sure he's on it. I'm sure that kid is wearing kicks like all day long. <laughs> yeah, that kid already has like dyed blue hair. Right? Oh, no, wait, he doesn't have hair. Uh, oh, yeah, right. I don't know what he's got. All right, but go back, go back, go okay, back okay, to okay. being a cute, talking- Being cute with the analogy is that he's like making his own up now. He was talking about his lit like going uphill in a good way and his legs are hurting, but he's almost at the top or something. And I was like, right, I noted, right. I was like, oh, look at Drew and his analogies. Right? Yeah. Dude, I love, I love how like he'll say something like, you know, I've got a lot of dishes in the sink yeah, right now. Yeah. And I'm, right. And he's just throwing that one back because yep. we know what that means. It's when you start with somebody and you give them these things, you learn their language, they learn your language and you develop a language together. Right. You know, I speak very fluent analogy. So does Drew, which is awesome. We can use all these. And when you have all this, it creates the shorthand that you can just refer to something and you know what you're saying. If you guys have been listening along, you know what he means when he goes, yeah, I got a lot of dishes in the sink. Totally. Yeah. And especially in DBT, there's a similar vernacular a lot of times, or we can use a shorthand together. And it's, it just like often makes me smile when that happens because I know that they've been listening, paying attention, absorbing it utilizing it you know right but yeah he was talking about uh, adulting which is always a blessing and a curse <laughs> adulting individuating exactly i think i even said like oh here's the clinical term we call this individuation yeah but that's 
it's totally what's happening. It's what he's experiencing, what he's doing. And the coolest part is it's what he's really embracing. You know, the way that he talked about it. And of course, I throw in another analogy, like being a NASCAR or something, and you are at the wheel. You are the driver. And it's something that for a long time, he didn't feel like he was in control of his own destination or his own journey. He was just trying to please others and go along with everything. And it's it's really cool. It's really cool to hear him being in it and being the one that's, he even said, I got the wheel and I'm driving now, something like that, right? It's funny. Well, you talked about his relationship now. Did he say good and then something about confident? It used to be girlfriend, not girlfriend. And then it was, now it's girlfriend. And now it's like even a growing relationship. Well, he said, yeah, it is. And he, he's noticing a few things about himself, regardless of it being the relationship. He said something like, I think what you're talking about is he was like saying, well, it's not that I'm alone. I'm alone in a good way, but it's like a, it's a confident alone, not a scared alone, which is cool. So he's noticing that and he is more confident about things. Right. He was previously afraid to be alone. Like he didn't want to be the one driving and behind the wheel. He was like, no, that means I'm alone. I, I don't want to do it. Forget it. It's too scary. I don't want to go anywhere by myself or anywhere unknown. Now he's like, yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool doing this. And I really believe, you know, he said something really cool that I loved. He said, uh, in his words, a lot of fucked up shit happened and I'm allowed to be angry in those moments. I finally feel like I'm allowing myself to be and just feeling it. And, and that's okay. It's okay to be mad. It's okay that it's fucked up. And this is the emotion that I should be feeling. It makes sense. Like hearing him say that was like everything as a therapist, because it means yeah. you're allowing yourself to feel the emotions as they hit. You know, with what he's been through in just this past little stretch that we've talked about, like going through a funeral and dealing with another loss and dealing with abandonment in ways, which he linked to mom. I'm sure you'll hit that in a minute. Right. But yeah. Really cool to hear his growth coming out of this this way. He said the thing about mom's most fucked up relationship I've ever had, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And like, <laughs> I know what you mean. I get it. I'm all about 99.9%. .9%. I wouldn't change anything about my past because it wouldn't, I wouldn't be exactly who I am, where I am today. So I get right. it. Also, they would be cool if your mom wasn't your most fucked up relationship. That would be cool. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like both are true. So right. it's the dialectic, right? Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of things with mom that were pretty cool in this. I think what you're talking about is he was realizing like, I wouldn't want it any other way because it's gotten me to where I am now. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's often what we mean when we say something like that. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want it any other way because this is, you know, what you know is your evolution and how you've processed now you've grown through this, right? right? Awesome. Right. You wouldn't change how you are. I think he was also talking about recognizing what mom's been through and allowing her to have that as her own experience, not taking it on himself. Uh -huh. I don't know if I said that to him, but I meant to, that from this place and that understanding, he's not so wounded anytime he senses abandonment from her. Right. It's, he's more confident with his own life and doing his own thing. That's the confident alone, not the scared alone. And he can be compassionate for her journey 
as her own. Like, I think he told the story of her falling down the stairs when she was two years old and being given opioids. Her? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. He was saying, like, he's, he's recognizing that for him, he used to take on when she was popping pills or drinking right. and doing that, that he did something wrong. And he said, you know, when she was two and fell down like a, a three-story escalator mm. and then was given opioids. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, at like two or three years old. That's horrible. He's like, I, I understand, you know, where she's been right. and, and what happened. And okay, I get it now. Mostly I get it because that's her life, her journey, not in relation to or in reaction to him and right. what he's done or hasn't done. Right. And I think like that, I'm sure I've said this, but the, we have some assumptions in DBT that we, you know, an assumption is not something that can be proved. It's, we're just going to take it for what it is for now. And it's that we're doing the best we can and we can always do better. And that's his mom, right? Sure. She's doing the best she can and not, but she can always do better. Right. And that's something for him. He took that on, like how she was doing as he can do better. Right. Right. I mean, it goes back to, I think the first season when he was talking about the nightmare or the dream that he had where, oh man, if I remember it, it was like something about going to the end of a pier and seeing like a homeless guy drowning oh, or something God, like that. Yeah. Right. And there was something about the tone of that, that we hit in the session and you and I talked about it, that he's carrying this, if I only do better, if right. I only do perfect, then my mom won't use and abuse pills and alcohol. Then I can save my mom. Right. And what he's coming to now is sort of what you're saying. Like, she can do her thing and that's that's it. Right. That's, she's doing what she's doing. She can always do better. Right. She is how she is. Okay. And he's not taking it on with that responsibility that he's responsible for her emotions. Right. Yeah. And I think he said something that like his well-being used to be dependent on her. Right. Totally. And not anymore, which is great. That's the individuation. That's living for himself. I think at some point he said something about, I feel extremely prepared. Yeah. Did he say, <laughs> and I, I, I was like, ha! But he said, what did he say? Scared and uncomfortable, but. I mean, again, it, it was the confident thing. And this is towards the end when he was talking about his girlfriend's pregnant. He was saying, oh, and yeah, I was yeah. listening yeah, for yeah. it. Like in the old way that I used to listen for him, like, is he just giving me what I want to hear? Is he just saying the good stuff? And he said, I feel very confident, very comfortable. I also feel very uncomfortable and very scared. Yeah, appropriate. Like, perfect. That's yeah. what I was listening for. He yeah, got yeah. it all. That's the dialectic, right? Yep. Yeah, I think he was saying something about like wants to, to take care of him or be there without burning out. Yeah, and learning to do that and learning. I mean, a lot of this was like him practicing kind of that balance. He even says it, that having that balance is, is the biggest key for me. I mean, he talked about it earlier in the session with regard to his friends and how he approached them as either all in or all out. Mm -hmm. You know, it was either I'm swarming you with everything. I'm going to love bomb you and do all that. Or, you know, fuck off. You're dead to me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Right. And that's not a very healthy way to go through things, which we talked about. And that's why I actually like his relationship with girlfriend because he actively practiced balance and not doing the things that he had done historically. Right. 
And it's become a good relationship. And that's where I believe him when he says, and he even said, like, truthfully, I feel extremely prepared. I never thought I would be, but, you know, let's go. Let's do this. I mean, (laughs) I'm like, let's do it. Let's. Right. Like, I'm 26. I can't afford this. I don't, I mean, I don't know. We can't do this thing. And yet there's so much joy and it's so exciting and so powerful and so scary. And yeah. Okay. Bring it on. Yeah. Is what it is. Right. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. It's very, very cool. It, 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 to me, it, and again, I, I kind of, oh, pun intended, drove it home at the end to, to put <laughs> the driving analogy back in and just said, it's a long road and it sounds like you got the wheel. Right. And it's something that he's embracing now in a way that used to petrify him before. He wouldn't want to go into the unknown ever. So him saying, like he picked up on Mara, that he feels more prepared now. It's yeah, he's prepared by virtue of like feeling more confident in his ability to just process things and handle things. Right. In a in a much more, I think, healthy and as you said, adult way. Absolutely. I'm excited yep, yep. to uh hear what happens with this baby. Yep, yep. Yep. Baby, baby coming. Unbelievable. <laughs> so crazy. All right. Well, I hear my inner baby crying for food. It's time for me to go feed. <laughs> Uh, my yeah. inner baby and my outer baby. All my babies. <laughs> oh, baby. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, I believe we'll be back next week for, for Sarah. And then we might take a little break. We don't know. We might be back. We might be doing this two times a week. Who TBD. Knows? TBD. TBD. That's right. In the meantime, I don't know. Stay golden. Oh, my God. Stay golden. I love that. Why you know don't we, we say that all the time? We never got a good sign-off. Why don't we say we that all the time? We never got a good sign-off. Because people don't know what Stay that means unless boy. they're our age. But that's fine. Stay golden. Yeah. Yeah. As you wish. Bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.